صلوا على محمد وآل محمد أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من اللعين الغوي الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين والحمد لله رب العالمين والآخرة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين المعصومين المظلومين الميامين المهديين ولعنة الله أدائما على عدائهم أجمعين من يوم عداوتهم إلى قيام يوم الدين أما بعد فقال الله تعالى في كتابه المجيد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألم نشر لك صدرك I want to begin by congratulating you all on the birth anniversary of the Messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Imam Sadiq And this is probably for me every year, I think I've come here for the Mawlid quite a few times now over the last, I don't know how many years, Mawlid Nabi. This for me, after 20 years in this field, is still the hardest subject to talk about. Where do we begin? What do we say? Everything is the Prophet. Everything comes back to the Prophet. Everything, the Prophet is the source of everything that is good for us in our life. So the verse that I chose today is the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, did we not expand your chest? Did we not open your chest? And I want to look at this from a slightly different angle today, from a slightly different perspective as to what this could mean. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes to the assistance of the Prophet Peace and blessings be upon him and his family, sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. And he comes to his assistance at his time of greatest need. During those nights of boycott, nights of oppression. That his heart could contain everything so that he could be a torch of guidance. And a light and a nur for all of creation and existence. That this... Sharah or in Shirah, this expansion of his chest was not to replace some nukta soda, some black dot that is on. No, 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 this is not. This was something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave as a gift to the Prophet so that it was this internal expansion of his chest so that he could continue preaching his message so that he could continue the tabliq of the risala, delivering the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And while the expansion of the Prophet's chest or his heart is different from ours, Ibn Abbas asked the Prophet, Su'ila Nabi, Qila Ya Rasulullah, or rather it was asked to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, Oh, the Messenger of Allah, ayansharu as-sadr. That can the, like, how does this work? How can 
How do we know if our heart has expanded? Remember, the prophet's heart expanded so that he could deliver the message to us, so that we could benefit from him, so that our hearts could be expanded to accommodate his light and his mercy and his guidance and his sunnah and his teachings. So the Messenger of Allah says, قَالَ نَعَمْ قَالُوا يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ هَلِّ ذَلِكَ عَلَامَ Is يُعْرَفُ بِهَا Is there some sign by which it is known that the heart has expanded, that Allah has given us that favor? He says, نَعَمْ التَّجَافِ عَنْ دَارِ الْخُرُورِ وَالْإِنَابَ إِلَى دَارِ الْخُلُودِ That the first is the abandonment of the world of delusion. We'll get to the meaning of delusion in a moment. And to prepare for death before the coming of death. So these are the signs if someone's heart has been expanded. What a beautiful description. That he doesn't say Daru Dunya. He says, Darul Ghurur, of delusion. That it's very well possible that you and I can live on this earth, but be living in a state of delusion, not living in a state of reality. You know, today I was watching a video. This is what I mean by Darul Ghurur. I'll give you an example. Today I was watching a news report of a teacher in a public school here in Halton, in Oakville, who insisted to come to school, was a man, insisted to come to school dressed as something else. We don't want to go into the details of it. Wearing something that is so inappropriate, so revolting, so abominable, so qabih and sayyid, that even the average student who's not Muslim and maybe even has no deen looked at it and, and, and is so disgusted by it. And the Halton Regional Board supported the teacher. Said that no, it's the teacher's human rights to come dressed in this way because they identify as this or that. My point is this is then this person is Darul Ghurur. The abode in the world of delusion. It's not real. That people when they are away from the guidance of God, from the hidayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the divine transcendental guidance, and the guidance of the messenger, of the final messenger who has been sent to guide us, when someone is away from this, then they have entered Darul Ghurur, the abode of delusion, because only a deluded person and a deluded educational system could accept such a thing as a reality. This is ghurur. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again and again many many times in the Quran warns us not to be in a state of ghurur. Live in the reality that Allah has created. In the sunnah al-ilahiyah in the live within the realm of the divine, godly tradition and existence. 
not within the realm of ghurur and delusion. Yet human beings, as the Messenger of Allah reminds us, cannot have their heart expanded until they do that they cannot go for towards Darul Khulud, the permanent realm, until they first leave the false world. And that occurs in this world. That we cannot be with Allah in, in our thoughts, I mean. Cannot be with Allah, of course. And with his messenger until we first Insan has to first do complete talaq and divorce from Darul Khurur, from the world of delusion, where people convince themselves that somehow the life that they are living in is eternal, the life in this world. Right? They mix up. They think Darul Khurur is Darul Khulud. Meaning the permanent life, the everlasting life. And they think that time doesn't expire. It continues going and going and going. But we need to live life, not on our time, but on the time that is described by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let me give you the example of a casino where people go to gamble. I'll give you the example. And of course, mu'mineen here have, have never gone, but just from what we know and have studied of these things, of course, mu'min would not put enter such a place. But how does a casino function so to create this sense of addiction to gambling? They do it in certain ways. One, they adjust the temperature in the perfect way so that it's not too hot, it's not too cold. It's a science. This is an ilm. Number two, the lighting. They've done tests, psychological tests, physiological tests on people to determine what kind of lighting is most comfortable for them to stay for a long period of time. The seating, the beverages, the food, the Workers, especially the manipulation and the use of women as objects in such places. And then that table, that roulette table, or that, you know, they throw balls and things, right, in gambling, and it spins. So the person that is seeing that disc spin over and over again doesn't think that disc will ever stop. That that disc that is spinning, that they're gambling on, is synonymous with their life. That their hayat is that disc that keeps spinning because they don't think their life is going to end. There is no sense that this comes to an end, that there is a conclusion, that there is a finality, that there is mas'uliyah, that there is a nihaya and an end to this and a conclusion and a khatam. No. Thus they live as if they will live forever. And then they make mistakes and consequences and their bank accounts and their wife leaves them and their children leave them and they end up in drugs and alcohol and on and on and on. 
because they were living in a state of ghurur, of delusion, of a complete state of delusion. And this is exactly what the Messenger of Allah came to remove us from. To take us from that darkness and dhulumat ila nur, from the darkness of delusion, of false life. A life which is lived on emotions only, on hunger, appetite, emotions, lust, to a life of meaning, a life of, 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 of study, a life of contemplation, a life where we self-reflect upon our, our being and our existence in this world. The Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, came to save us, sent by Allah to save us from this self-imposed delusion. But we need the courage to break out of this delusion. You know, there's a wonderful book I was reading today called The Prophetic Imagination by Walter Brugeman. He says in this book something very, very interesting. He talks about the concept of Nabuwa. And I would really say this is identified with the life of the Prophet. That he says in this book, and I have the book here, he says something very interesting called the prophetic imagination. He says that prophets do not come just to support the status quo, certain prophets especially, especially prophets like Musa salam and Rasulullah, I would add to this. They come to change our consciousness, to reform our consciousness, not just for the purpose of, okay, a prophet has come, but to change the very core of who we are, of what we are, our consciousness, meaning the way we see ourselves, that we cannot move from the abode, the darul ghurur, the abode of delusion, to the abode of khulud, or al-inaba ila darul khulud, to incline towards darul khulud, until we look within ourselves and change our very consciousness of the way we see ourselves. As Allah says in Surah Luqman, Ya ayyuhan nas, ittaqu rabbakum, wakhshaw yawman la yajzi walidun an walidi. That all humankind, this is what I mean by changing consciousness. Please pay attention. This is a this is very important point, Mu'mineen which really underpinned the message of the Prophet, really was like a foundational message of the ethics of the Prophet. He says, Ya yuhannas, ittaqu rabbukum, waqshaw yawman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Luqman, Ayah 33, that all human beings have consciousness of God and tremble about that day, waqshaw yawman. On the day in which the father on the day where the father will be of no benefit to the son. 
ولا مولود هو جاز عن والدي and nor will the one who has been given birth the child be of any benefit to the father shay'an not a single benefit inna wa'dallahi haqqun fala yughrannakum alhayatu ad-dunya wala yughrannakum billahi al-ghurur that do not live a life allah is telling us in the prophet he came to how do i explain this why was the prophet so revolution i don't use the word revolutionary but so transformative he came remember this was a society in which your relationship with your children and your parents was everything that whether your parents were good or whether your parents were bad whether your child was good or whether your child was bad didn't matter because blood ties trumped everything blood and then tribe first the parents that internal family relationship and then the tribe the ashira the race right and here allah is saying the father is of no use to the son and the son is of no use to the father of course unless that bond is ala asas al iman on the foundation of iman that relationship has no significance in the eyes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unless of course it's on the path of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you must mu'minin i plead with you to conceive of this this was so transformative of the consciousness of human beings to come to this society and to tell them that everything that they valued that they considered to be sacred which is their blood ties who you know in society your tribe your ethnicity whether you're lebanese or iranian or afghani or convert or whatever and then within that there's very specific tribal system and the system of ashira right and tribal system that none of this matters without the sunnah of allah and his messenger it 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 it, it it's almost like leaves people in a moment that okay you know it reminds me of somebody who called me once on the phone subhanallah i'll just share with you a little story it's a funny story brother calls me to do a majlis assalamu alaikum shaykhna wa alaikum salam okay and he says you know i just want to introduce i i'm a cardiologist like all right so why does that matter to me i and i said yeah i have a phd as well but what what does it matter we're talking about the majlis for the messenger of allah what is it, why do i need to know you're a cardiologist as you begin the conversation that will somehow that affect what i'm about to tell you or like like i don't really understand and people do this because they think being a cardiologist or being of a specific race or a specific ethnicity or a specific tribe or a specific color somehow gives them a advantage or somehow i'm going to treat him with extra ihtiram 
because he's introduced himself as a card like like before you I don't even know the guy I don't know the brother I, it makes no difference to me brother you want to you're you know someone has passed your father has passed you want to imagine this for him alhamdulillah we'll speak about and it coincides also with the wafat of the messenger of Allah at that time but what does it mean to me you're a cardiologist this is useless this is the messenger of Allah doesn't need any of this your profession has no bearing on the majlis. Am I going to speak something maybe special because you're a doctor? No. This is nonsense. This is, this is, this is all hurur, delusion. It has no currency in the eyes of Allah and His Messenger. If these are the things we use to try to gain respect, to try to build ties, to try to say that you owe me something because I have a PhD. Or you owe me something because I'm a cardiologist. I should tell them, well, you're not a cardiothoracic surgeon, so maybe I don't owe you more respect. You're just a cardiologist. You just look at the graphs. You don't actually operate, do you? <laughs> you know, but my, my point is that this is Darul Ghurur. This is Darul Ghurur. This is the world of delusion, fantasy. Allah and His Messenger want us to leave this fantasy to the real life. The life where we witness. You could also describe it as Daru Shahada, the world of witnessing. When we say, La ilaha illallah wa Muhammad Rasulullah wa Ali Allah, when we say these words, this is we're bearing witness to this truth that our life is according to this truth. This is Daru Shahada. So every time we pray, inshallah, we're leaving from Gurur and going to the abode of Shahada. And from there, inshallah, to Darul Khulud, to the permanent life with Allah. Sallu ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. So, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alihi Wasallam, he came to so profoundly alter human consciousness in a society, if you think about it, my dear brothers and sisters, think about it, in a society in which such things were unthinkable. To tell someone that their tribe doesn't matter in if it doesn't align itself with the taqwa of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger or the book of Allah and the sunnah of, it, of the messenger. Black, white, ajam, Arab, Qurashi, doesn't matter. You know that? None of this matters. It doesn't. We, we, we hold on to these titles because it makes us feel better about ourselves so we can live in Darul Khurur and sometimes use these things as a means of evading our true responsibilities in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, I have lived many years in the Middle East, especially in, I don't want to say which countries, I don't want to offend anybody. 
but I've lived many years in the Middle East. And you look young, but I'm not that young. You know, I began my studies when I was 17, right? About 20, over 20 years ago. I've lived time in those countries, in many of, in Muslim countries, let's just say. Muslim majority nations. And I'm not putting down any Muslim nation, but my point is that when you go to them and you tell them that this ethnicity doesn't mean anything, in, if you are not following the akhlaq of Rasulullah, if you're not forgiving one another, the religion of forgiveness, the religion where black and white have no difference. Arab and Ajam have no difference. This is, this is the message of, of the Prophet. It doesn't matter, Sayyid or non-Sayyid, when it comes to these things. This is the message of the Quran, this is the message of the Prophet. It doesn't matter to me whether you are a cardiologist or whether you are even from Banu Hashim. If the values don't align with the religion of forgiveness and equality and brotherhood and unity and love and charity among mu'mineen, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their language, regardless even of their gender, here I'm talking about in terms of living for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then none of this matters. Right? And this comes up so often, and I'll conclude on this note. I don't want to take up too much time of yours today. But how do we think of the Messenger of Allah? Such a great personality. You know, what do we learn from him? Like, what do we take away into our life, right? That the Messenger of Allah, without whom they would, the mercy of Allah would not go into the universe, right? Is to love your fellow mu'min and then your fellow human being in the way that Allah and his messenger have asked us to love, in their way, not in the way we want to with whatever, however. No, of course not. This is a deen of mahabba and a deen of tasamah, a religion of love and a religion of, of leniency and forgiveness. Bain al-mu'mineen, among the believers and mu'minat, regardless of they've been being Arab or ajam, Arab or non-Arab or Hezbo Da'wah or non-Hezbo Da'wah or whatever, all these thought that political parties are fighting and killing each other and whatnot, regardless of all of this nonsense. This is a religion of love and a religion of mercy and a religion of forgiveness. And this is how the believers are commanded to treat one another. The mu'mineen and the mu'minat. And the Prophet came to a society, and I'll end on this word, the Prophet came to a society in which these values were so radical, were so extraordinary, were so unthinkable. And I'm sorry to say, 
perhaps they're so unthinkable even today in many of our societies. Maybe we, ha maybe as a Muslim Ummah, we haven't lived up. Not maybe we haven't. It was unthinkable in Makkah in the seventh century, and perhaps unthinkable. By unthinkable, meaning people are so far away from these values of forgiveness and love. Among the believers, I mean. And then among humanity. That, you know, we always speak about Ayama Jahiliya, Ayama Jahiliya, the days of Jahiliya, the days of Makkah, look at the, what the Prophet changed. And when I look around in the Ummah, I say, well, what has really changed much? Sometimes. Not everywhere, sometimes. We have a lot of work to do. Let's take this day of the milad of the Messenger of Allah as a day of celebration, as a day of pride for us as Muslims to be to say that we are from among the followers of the Messenger of Allah and as a day where we carry out that duty as Muslims and as followers of Ahlul Bayt. Inshallah ta'ala. Wa akhiru da'wana walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa tayyibin tahirin.